Welcome to Wrestling And. Today, we are going to talk about wrestling and comedy. We're going to do an hour and a half show on me saying I don't mind Toro Yano as much as you do. That's what it's going to be. And then I'll say like how I think he's useless. Uh, So comedy has had its place in wrestling since I remember watching it and you as well, Justin. I mean, sometimes it's because the wrestlers are honestly trying to get a laugh and trying to be a comedian. And sometimes it's because shit happens in the ring it's live performance and it makes you makes you laugh i mean but either way it's an important part of wrestling and a lot of people it divides a lot of people for sure there's people that think comedy has no place in wrestling um specifically fans of maybe 90s all japan uh there's people more in the middle like i imagine you or i are, are more closer to and then there's people who think it's the best ever although i've never met those uh people so we'll see where my co-host justin how's it going justin going pretty good how about yourself i'm doing well we'll see how uh he and i stand on the matter we'll talk about the history of comedy wrestling although it was very hard to find there's some stuff we'll talk about the good the terrible and the cringe but before we go into that breaking news here people uh justin did you hear about this njpwdt thing going on just announced yeah, actually, it was broken to me by a one John Ensman um, while I was at. Well, I was uh, so excited running my son's uh, son's flag football practice, and um, very very interesting. Um, I have never claimed to be any bit of an expert with Noah or DDT. Um, don't know much about them at all. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's a pretty big deal. Obviously, I think I'm a pretty good expert with New Japan. Um, but this is huge news. Tell me why this is huge news. Am I going to see Kenny, uh, Omega, and Seth Rollins now? Would that be? Uh, is it that big? That, I mean, I know you said bigger the, when we were talking before the show. Um, well, as tell far me, as re- me as up. far as far as in ring stuff, it's definitely going to be uh, a big deal. I mean, we got matches announced two of them that look like they could be great one of them that could be a six star contender here but um you know without going into the history of noah too much noah was founded by all japan wrestlers when there when baba died in the late 90s the uh booker of all japan and all these guys said fuck it and went and started their own promotion called noah uh, but it's changed a lot. It's not the same company it was back then. And they were bought by Cyber Agent recently, who owns DDT. So um, DDT and Noah under the same umbrella, just like Bushi Road owns, you know, Stardom and New Japan. Difference being that DDT and Noah work together quite a bit. Um, so uh, I, I, I think that the, it's between Dragon Gate and Cyber Agent on who is like the second uh, promotion in Japan right now but Noah is known for having more serious wrestling we talk about comedy wrestling there's really not much of that on there um, it's more serious and a more kind of violent and dangerous style of wrestling so um, it looks exciting to give you the quick quick and dirty of it the Wrestle Kingdom third night which we were wondering about right yeah that is going to be the event. It is going to, a portion of the proceeds are going to be donated to charity. 
Um, I'm not sure which one exactly, but they did talk a lot about 2022 being when they can finally be free of COVID, although we don't know that's not going to happen. But uh, it's kind of to celebrate the reopening, in a way, of Japan and wrestling. Um, and so there you go. The, 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 there's been three matches announced, and I'll, I'll run over them real quick. From the worst sounding to the best. Um, the worst one looks like it's going to be Muda versus Tanahashi. Now, you know Muda, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, he, he's like how old? He's like 60-something, maybe 58. Over 60, yeah. Or, yeah, he's, yeah. In that neighborhood yeah. of collecting Social Security, for sure. Yeah, Keiji Muda is 58. He is 58. Okay. So, um... You know, I've heard that the only reason uh, he won the belt in Noah like yeah, a year ago recently, and had yeah. a run, mm-hmm, which wasn't the best. Um, but supposedly the Booker of Noah is a huge mark for Mudo and he's his friend and wanted to hook him up. So Tanahashi's a great wrestler, right? And, oh, yeah. One of the best ever and can still have big matches. And when he's tapped on the shoulder, he gives it his all as we've seen in the last two years. Yeah, so I think he he's gonna figure out a way to make it work, and and it's gonna be a big nostalgia thing. These guys have wrestled back it's, in the day. It's more that than anything, really. I don't think anyone's gonna expect a six star match or anything like that. So yeah, you're not gonna see. I hope to God that you don't see Tanahashi doing a high fly flow off the top rope onto the floor. I hope they don't do anything like and, that. And I, it sounds like this is just gonna be one of those things to say check off a list of a you know a, a dream match that obviously you know has happened before but also it's prime. historical because right. okay. you know this this happened years ago and now we're having the match again and, and when maybe it's both... just as simple as them asking to have it true with each other totally and i think the story if those guys ask they should get it they deserve it if they want to have well, this match they should be, have it it's a great matchup when you think of the historical value right. to it. And the fact that they are both different. They're both New Japan guys from different generations. That's a huge one. 90s versus 2000s, late 2000s. Right. Uh, so it's two generations of New Japan. And Muda's jumped everywhere, but he was a New Japan guy all mm-hmm. throughout the 90s. He was one of their top guys with Chono and and some others so there's the match there um i think the story is whose knees will last the longest right because they both have totally fucked up knees so yeah i mean you know tana's got 15 years on him so hopefully tana doesn't uh, lose that one yeah and uh muda has mudo has uh probably double that so the next match that looks like it is going to be very good and I'm, I can't believe they booked this because someone has to win, right? It's going to be the basically the current ace of each company against each other. So it's going to be Kaito Kiyomiya, who has been groomed from the get-go to be the ace of Noah, versus Kazuchika Okada. Huge match. Um, I mean, Kiyomiya is great really good wrestler still young too i mean like i said they've been grooming him to be the ace of the company all throughout his 20s you know so that when he gets to his mid-30s that he's going to be the man and um this is i I, you know someone's gonna have to win and 
It's going to be cool. You probably don't know Kiyomiya that well. I might have heard the name, so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I know who that is, or, you know, yeah. I've heard that one. I haven't. And, um, but I, you know, I understand the dynamic that this can have. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the questions I have for you is if this, obviously, this is like non title expedi- ex- exhibition yeah. uh, night, right? Uh, is Kiyomiya, does he have any of the, is he the title holder over there? Or is he the champ? I don't think he's on? the title holder right now. Um, God, I, it, it's sad. I, I thought it was another guy that we'll mention soon. Um, let me double check that real quick. So, yeah, it, it, they're t- he's he's not holding their main title right now. Um, and I don't think he's their uh, national champion either. So, uh, they, he's one of those guys, he had a title run, he's had his title run, but, you know, right? he's going to be that guy like Okada where he does the long title run right. and then he gets off of it for a few years and then he does another. And right now he's not in that phase. Um, and we might have Okada as champion by that Yeah, that's point. what I'm saying. I think Okada's going to be champion. And Ikinomura, has he, he's held the title there, I'm assuming, and all that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um and you said he's young. Is he in his twenties or is he thirty? I think or? he's. I think he's in his late twenties. Um, he is tw- twenty five actually. Okay, that's very that's, that's very very young. Uh, very Okada young. is about thirty three. Um, I'd have a hard time seeing. I I would have a hard time. Like this is me just knowing that the age difference and the established. I see an you know probably a, an absolutely outstanding match. That can go either way, but Okada pulling it out, I mean, that's a tough ask. It's a little weird because with the three matches that are happening, I don't think you want New Japan guys going over in every match. Okay. I could see them. Depends on what this match you're going to tell me is next then. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Muto could beat Tanahashi. It's possible, but it depends on who's booking. Uh, And Kiyomiya could, in theory, beat Okada... You know, um, this is where you is could just po- go. It's possible. You could do a nice little draw. It, it is, but it's ex- it's exciting. You know, um, it's exciting to think of, about. You know, it, 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 one of the most exciting parts about wrestling is when you really don't know. Um, right. Okada probably. So the next match, and probably the one that is going to be the best match. I mean, this has just match of the year potential. Um, is going to be Nakajima versus Shigo Takagi. Now, do you know anything about Nakajima? I heard the name. I'll, I'll, I'll say I've heard that name. What's the first name? Is it just Nakajima? Ka- Katsuhiko? Katsuhiko mm. Nakajima? Um, so... And he, yeah, is Katsuhiko. He in, he's in Noah, right? He's a Noah guy. He's 33 years old. He's been there for a while. And uh, his... I'll just say, Nak- Nakajima... His style is so violent, and and I don't mean he drops guys on their heads, just the way he wrestles. It looks brutal. You know when you would see Randy Orton always go for the punt, and then they always teased it, and he wouldn't do it? Well, yeah, after they kind of banned it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nakajima punts people in the head multiple times per match, man. I mean, he is so violent. He is a serious wrestler. Uh, which, you know, as opposed to the comedy part. And uh, he's one of their best wrestlers in the company. So you get one of their best guys, if not their best guy, and you're putting him against possibly the best guy in New Japan right now. Jeez, dude. 
I mean, endless possibility here. Um, uh, so, yeah, we got three matches announced. It will be on pay-per-view first on a BEMA. So you'll have to buy a BEMA coins to buy it. And part of that is because it's a charity event, right? So they want the money. So no, it's um, not going to be on World? Not for a week. Okay. Um, and for people complaining about this, once again, this is a charity thing. So, oh, you know, I'm they, not they, complaining. They, I get it. No, I'm not saying you are, but there have been people online. Um, no, and no. as far as English and stuff like that, I don't know. I Even don't know about anything. Even the Fight TV thing uh, hasn't really bothered me before. I think the only time I was upset is when they tell you something's going to be there on this day and it's not that's when you're i think uh wh what was it was it all out the first one where it was supposed to be on um br live or fight tv yeah so th so i know i've heard of marafuji he's not involved with this marafuji well i'm sure he'll be involved there's gonna I'm, be I'm probably sure gonna some multi-mag tags right oh yeah and usually i was surprised they did these singles matches because Charity crossover events are not new in Japan. They've been going on for a while. They're new for the last few years. And Noah and New Japan have actually worked together quite a bit. Um, around Wrestle Kingdom 9, Jado was booking Noah. And Suzuki-Goon was in Noah. Right. So, they were vanished but, to Noah, right? They're, yeah, and they took over there. Um, but again, Noah's a different company. They got bought by Cyber Agent. So it is a, a new relationship forming, and uh, even if it's a one-off, it'll be great. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see the possibilities of matches there. You'll have your tag match. It'll probably be all tag matches and then those three single matches, but they're putting it under the Wrestle Kingdom banner, and uh, I got to say it fits that epic feel with, with like really the, uh, the caliber. Um, the argument Kiyomiya made is that Noah is the best wrestling new japan's the market leader you know that's the angle they're going for right, like you may be the market leader but we're the best wrestlers so correct me if i'm wrong maybe i'm just totally not misremembering something or whatever but mm -hmm. back when they had the you know the, the the tsunami uh 10 12 years ago didn't they have some type of event like this when they came back they um, have had had many uh, again they've had many charity events like this over the years there's a uh, there's a really good one where there's a rumble you know like a, a rumble type of thing and the first guy uh thrown out is Hiromu young line Hiromu um and the, uh, you know we're talking all Japan guys guys from Noah guys from all the different companies together um, and they did this many times. I would think they did one do one for the tsunami, but uh, they did one for um, uh, Dick Bayer, who is the destroyer right. for his anniversary. They do giant Baba memorial shows, right? Where like interpromotional, you know, interpromotional stuff. Yeah. Okay. So this so isn't like that big. Is it? Is it? I mean, the reason for this one is you I know, think they're those three single matches. Having singles matches is what makes this one. Oh my God! They're actually gonna have singles matches. They're it's actually so they're someone has something. to win, right? Yeah. Now what? you can't pin the one guy that's the pin eater on the tag team. Like you know, I remember when they did all J AJPW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it was a tag thing. And the aces of the company, uh, which was uh, I'm forgetting his name, but of all Japan you know, versus Tanahashi, they only were in the ring for like a minute together. 
Kento Miyahara, sorry. So right. this is exciting, man. Very exciting in that sense that it is singles matches, bro. And That's they ain't going to do cool. no DQs. I love to see fresh matchups and see talent that I am not familiar with, especially in Japan. Um, hell, so hell yeah, man. Exciting. It, this is very exciting. And Cyber Agent works with AEW also. I mean, we had, we've had we had um, some wrestlers go in there. Uh, Takeshita wrestled on AEW Dark, who is the champion in DDT, mm. and Maki Ito. And, um, and that women's tournament, they had some wrestlers. So it's like all sorts of promotional relationships and that's only for the better dude oh sounds like it absolutely great all right so uh can i get your quick i don't want to spend too much time on this but uh you want to give the quick and dirty rundown of what you thought about last weekend i i know there's a lot to cover there full gear um full gear and new japan if you saw that um i really why don't you tell me what you thought of full gear I really enjoyed Full, Full Gear. It was a really great show. Um, I'd have to remind myself of the card again. Um, well, well you... Matt, do you remember like your favorite match? We don't need to go by it match by match. You know what? Let me just look it up because I want to make sure okay. I get this right. Um, I know it opened super duper hot with uh, um, with it Darby Allen and, and MGF. Dark. Yeah, yep. Great match. Oh, yeah. Awesome match. Like, as much as MJF is like, oh, the best talker in wrestling right now, quote unquote, that dude can go in the ring, bro. I mean, and he can do that indie style, quick exactly. pace, fast paced. That's what makes him even better as a heel is that he doesn't he doesn't do it because he doesn't need to. Um, yeah, absolutely. That was a great opener on that show. Um, and then, of course, great the opener. The Lucha Brothers, FTR, great match. Thought the, thought the finish was not good. Uh, they should have finished it when they pinned both the other guys. Uh, janky finish, which it has to turn into something, or it's like it's it's like Chekhov's gun. It's like, why would you put the mask on again? It's just, I thought the finish was overdone. Maybe a little bit, but I just like the matchup with the contrast and styles, you know? Um, yeah, kind of old sure. school, and I love the music. They're coming out to that old Midnight Express music. Yeah, pretty. Only awesome. thing I'm gonna say is I, you know, I, I don't consider FTR to be like old school style, bro. They wrestle that indie style, that fast paced. I mean, I right. know they don't do the flips and stuff, but they do some spectacular than, moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, Miro and Brian Danielson was a great match. I thought it would be. That was be, my was. favorite match up to that point. Um, and I just like the Daniel Bryan talking. The Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson um, kind of teasing that he was going to go after his neck, and he finishes it with, um, was it a DDT and knockout, it was right? A, it was a DDT into a, what, a not a guillotine. DDT into a triangle. No. Yes. Oh, whatever. Was it a triangle? Technical, yeah, yeah, yeah. technical submission. So, um, yeah, that was a great match, and I love how they went a little different with that. And uh, quick, quick question. Yeah. Stop you real quick there. Sure. Uh, let's jump forward real quick. What do you think about Brian Danielson's uh, change of attitude? I don't want to call it a heel turn because really he's he hasn't changed a ton. He's been a dick kind of since he started. He's been an aggressive and serious wrestler since he started he's getting a little more attitude what do you think about that i th i think it's great and i think it was um 
you had to give a little bit of an angle with that with at uh, Hangman's hometown. Oh yeah, so our home state at least. Um, you know, I, it was kind of almost like a heel for a night thing, like they did with CM Punk on this card we're going to talk about. Or, or you know, in a way, I thought CM Punk was the heel in his uh, Eddie Kingston angle. Um, it seemed like, and of course that switched with what happened at Dynamite. So. I think you're going to see these kind of um, matchups where they're just going to have someone's going to be the heel for this program. Well, you look at you look at like heel versus heel matches in New Japan. Say, I just saw one the other night, which uh, was um, ELP versus Kanemaru, and you get mm-hmm. this dynamic where one person kind of ends up becoming a babyface type character. You know, that's what um, I'm saying. Yeah. So I think obviously AEW they like takes the approach of instead of. Oh, someone's got to be the baby face in this. It's someone's going to be the heel in this. It seems like, but um, I have to catch up on the best of the super juniors. I haven't really seen any of it. I've been so busy with work and stuff, and it's so hard to just put it on my computer and per- the projector. I'm too lazy. If it was on my PlayStation, <laughs> listen. If New Japan, you know, finally got it together and put it on a Sony PlayStation network. Yeah. I would be watching it way more often, but I'm too lazy to do it that way. I don't know You're why. You're too lazy I mean, to lay in bed with the tablet? I know it's just old news, but it's like, come on already with this stuff. <laughs> we got it on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick, and the, the app's actually improved recently lately. It's fine, but I just don't have it. It's in the TV in the living room, and I'm laying down in the bed watching on my projector. Um, come it's on, either New the Japan. PlayStation or my laptop, and I don't feel like fiddling with the laptop all the time. You don't, but how about laying in bed with the tablet or laying on the couch with the tablet? Uh, we have Not iPads, really your thing. the kids most, mostly use the you know the uh, iPads okay. now. So it's either me, it's the computer or the PlayStation, and I'm just yeah. But I, I'll catch up maybe this weekend. I'm gonna have a little time this weekend, and next week will be a little lighter because of Thanksgiving week and all that stuff. So I'll catch up then. But um. It's anyway, been good, I man. Want- it, it has been. It has been good. Uh, we're not going to talk about that match by match or anything, but yeah. actually, very, very good. I, I th- don't think there's really a bad matchup in there except Bushi and Watto. I mean, but every match has been pretty good, and ELP's been quite good. So um, no, definitely is, would like you to check he is some solid. of that. Um, anyway, I wanted to just we'll just quickly maybe we'll just quickly go over full gear again as we continue our current event segment um, yeah yep yep and I, as this is when i had circle in the card when i was looking at it as this was just going to be a super awesome spot fest and uh it was and that was you know christian cage and the you know jurassic express against the super click and i i i really enjoyed this match i know some people didn't like it i thought it was fun and it was kind of what i expected I was kind of one of those people. Um, I, I, I was kind of having trouble focusing on the match just because yeah. it's not really my my style coming out in the jeans. I, I didn't really like when Omega wrestled uh, Mox and they did the barbed wire. Not not the death mat, not the exploding one, the first one they had. Uh-huh. Um, with, you know, not really my style, but I did love the ending. To this match and the story that they're telling with Christian yes. and Jungle Boy, I think Christian is doing a slow heel turn. I yeah. think, uh, but I did not expect Jungle Boy to go to the dark side. <laughs> what about taking the thumbtacks in the mouth? 
Anyway, that's pretty brutal. I don't know what the trick is to that. I made a joke on Twitter. I said, see, this is the kayfabe secret is you actually swallow the thumbtacks. So when you get kicked, it doesn't actually hurt your cheeks. But uh, (laughs) maybe they just do. Oh, well, you don't you don't you don't actually get kicked in the face. Right. So, you know, I just want to say this like I'm looking at the placement on this on the card. It's it's right in the middle. And I think it's just a great place for the for to put a match like this you put it right in the middle of a card um put the most different off the you know match you're gonna have you throw it right in the middle and it just kind of ties everything together well um i okay so the the cody Rhodes and the Pac match malachi black and, and and andrade i have to admit like my dog was scratching at the door and i had to take her out so i missed probably all of this match i i i I, you know, I wasn't too focused on it i wasn't okay. super hyped for it for some reason but it's a story match it wasn't all about the wrestling even though the wrestling was pretty good andrade looks great to me all, all those guys and eh, cody's probably the weakest one so here's uh, the thing. wrestling wise um the cody uh thing that fascinates me i had this conversation through messaging and with a friend of mine and he was just kind of telling me about what's with the Cody Cody wrestling is what's the 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 masked guy he's kind of doing on dark and stuff, Fago two or whatever. Sorry, sorry, I missed something. Yeah, uh, Cody, he's he's like part of that little thing with Fuego del Sol. Okay, so you know he's like, what is with that? And you know he even like uses the makeup to cover his tattoo and and I just kind of mentioned and I go, I wanted to tell him I'm like, listen, um, this is nothing against necessarily you know cody the person um but i because i think cody is way more um behind what we see in what's going on with the aw the marketing the the creation of it um you know just maybe even the creative than we know i think he's one of out of the ev the you know executive vice president i think cody is the most you know involved and influential so i don't know about that i thought i would say kenny omega might be i i don't know i just get the feeling that cody does a lot of the business stuff you know and well it is i it is his first job and i do think he takes it that way i think the whole thing about him going to hollywood i think that's and i'm not saying you're saying that but i think that's more of an angle than real life i mean i'm sure he is dedicated to aew i just think he's done a lot for that company we don't know about it now that I've said that, I just don't buy into the character he presents on the, as a wrestler. And he came back and was getting booze, and I really think he was surprised once crowds came back that he was gonna he was getting booed. Um, you know, I see his entrance as something that is very like over the top and pretentious in a way. Um, hmm. And I just don't, it doesn't, to me, unless, like, um, I don't know if you've listened yet, but I told you, you got to check out the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Um, one of the hosts, for you know, former WWE writer, Matt McCarthy, um, who I know you've heard of. Yeah. He, he's got this theory where it's all a fifth dimensional chess game or fourth dimensional chess game that Cody's playing where he is a heel. <laughs> but he's he's just doing it in a way that is just, we're playing checkers and he's playing chess on us and unless that is the scenario i just don't understand what he's doing on the screen i mean he literally 
you know, loses a match and leaves his boot in the ring. I mean, because, like, are we, like, how big of yourself do you, th- you know, do you think of yourself <laughs> to do something like that? You know what I mean? Look, look man, I, I, first of all, I I think that Matt might be looking a little too deep into the situation. I, right. I think that Cody, his stories have been a little bit questionable. They're some of the weaker stories uh, in you know, he's had some amazing ones, like with MJF and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, I think that Cody kind of just flows with whatever. You know, he gets, he said he'll never go heel. But, I mean, you have people that were huge baby faces that got their asses booed off more than anyone. John Cena is probably one of the most booed men in WWE, dude. He's probably had the most heat of uh, over like many heels, but he never turned heel. Roman Reigns was booed for years and years and years. Uh, so, well, not years and years, but many years, you know. I, I think that Cody takes that place of the John Cena. He's the old school white meat baby face that is just, you know, f- a lot of fans love to boo that because he's that stereotypical style. And I think that he just you know, goes a little more heelish or a little more faceish, just depending on the match, just like we were talking about with Bryanson. That's what I I think. And I think a lot of it, too, is Malachi Black is just so cool. Yeah. And and Pac is widely loved. He's one of those, he can be a heel and we still cheer for him. So, I mean, you got two of the coolest guys, these kind of tweener And Andrade is pretty damn cool. So Andrade is cool. He, he he's not. I don't think he's as over as like Malachi Black, but he, no. he is very cool. Malachi Black is just like, dude, how can you boo an entrance like that? Especially when the lights go off and then they turn back on and he's in the. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, that gives just, me like Undertaker vibes of how sure. cool the entrance is. So, um, yeah. What was the next match after the Cody match? I will the tell women's? you right now. It was Britt Baker DMD. Uh, and Ty Conte, and I gotta say, I was, I was very impressed by Ty Conte. I thought it was just one of those kind of, um, I ain't gonna lie. I thought it was just kind of, I wasn't expecting a lot out of it, and I wasn't put particularly um, impressed with Ty Conte's work before. I know she has a great like kind of MMA ish background and all that stuff. The judo, um, yeah. But I was very impressed and. What I like about some of these matches is Ty Conte. She like kind of did her hair different, kind of pulled it up. And I did, loved, like, I loved braids. her Brazil, Brazil thing that she did. The makeup was beautiful. That's the what blue, I'm saying. The it was yellow and the green. Um, she basically you know upgraded the match just by coming out there with like a more serious kind of war painty look. And yeah, I thought it was a really great match. I, I agree. I, I So Ty Conti, to me, has been one of the most popular people in AEW that's not constantly on AEW main TV. She's been, like, on Twitter and social media, I always see good stuff about her. And she's been, seems like she's really part of the company, that she fits into that atmosphere. You watch backstage stuff with her, and she's always getting so long. So... I, I, I'm happy that they actually decided to use her in a pay-per-view. This was the biggest match of her career. And you know what, dude? I think she proved that she has a spot there. Uh, and so it was cool, man. She was so nervous, you could tell. I think she was crying at points and stuff. And uh, 
it was a, it was it was really good, man. Really good, uh, really good match. And looking forward to Ty Conti as just a very lovable babyface. Yeah, and plus, you know, I know that some people don't like the fact that they have a a women's secondary title on the way, but I think it's going to be great for people like Ty Conte. Um, you now, know, is to, it you say Ty Conte? Is it Ty uh, Conti? Uh, Ty Am I getting Conti. it wrong? Conti. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just, sometimes I, just, I say weird things weird. I don't know. You all, I, 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 it's whatever. I don't mean to be so pedantic, but... Um, no, it's okay, because maybe sometimes you're like, am I saying it wrong because this idiot's saying it this way? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then we had CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, and man, I know that was a little 11-minute match, but... It was a brawl, baby. Woo! It was right a violent brawl. It wasn't even like a wrestling match, dude. They just fucked each other up. It was fun. Exactly. And one of these days they got to get... Is Kingston just going to be this kind of lovable loser for the, his whole No, because he's about... No, because he's in a program with Daniel Garcia now. Oh, And you know yeah, he's going to be mean, Daniel Garcia. Okay, great. But at the top but, level, is he going to be like Ishii where he's awesome and like never wins? I think he's going to have a TNT title run at some point. At, I would at least, right? Yeah. I, I mean, he's he deserves it. I mean... Especially, you read I don't that know if he's world and, champion material, and I that sounds fucked up to say, but I don't know if he's face of the company material. And I hate to say this, but it's because of the way he looks uh, and stuff. I don't not saying I wouldn't like him as a world no, no, champion. No, I, 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 the thing with him, I think, is just the age factor. I think it's a little too. He'd have to. Can you really think of a time when they would give Eddie Kingston a run in the next year or two? with the world title i just think it's yeah. too packed at the top of the card if he chris was, jericho would get it back before he, if he was won it. yeah if he was seven or eight years younger i'd say oh you know they can give him a run with the title in the next two or three years you know um but you know i think tnt title maybe he'll get an unlikely Definitely tag TNT partner title. and have a tag run or maybe he'll have a tag oh, run with okay. Moxley at some point i don't see any reason why not um, yeah, well, he's one of the most entertaining guys for sure in the company. Uh, I think CM Punk is is going to be in that world title mix in the next six months by the summer somehow. Um, he's got to be probably after Daniel Bryan or you know we got MJF him will be up there out. too. Although they might have a slow burn on him. The MJF thing with CM Punk was this Wednesday. Um, yeah. I don't know if I really want to put too much time into talking about that Minneapolis street fight. No, no, um, no, no. We don't. We don't. We don't. Let's let's it, skip over that. I'm done with just, that. Let's get to that title match because we got to get to our topic so soon. I I, I want to talk about this title match, man. I feel yeah. so guilty because I watched it after watching eight hours of wrestling, and right. I was falling asleep while oh, watching the match. Yeah. And when it finished, I remember thinking, I feel like that match went too quick. And then I remember thinking, like, I I I I, I wasn't thinking match of the like match of the year, and everyone's telling me, no, dude. This was the fucking match of the year, and uh, I need to rewatch it because I was so tired. So I I'm not I've really done that sure. before too, man. I've watched some live Wrestle Kingdoms or uh, you know a live New Year's Dash or whatever or whatever you know Secure Genesis yeah. live, and I was <laughs> falling asleep in the main event. Dude, you don't shouldn't be feel guilty. You're just tired, you know. Um, it was a great match. Match of the year. Gosh, I can't. I can't give it that um, because I saw Young Bucks and uh, oh, um, the, the Cage Lucha match? Brothers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that to me and... 
is 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 coming up there. Um, Couple I, of new Japan matches too, which which I thought were much better. But uh, even I, I even liked Christian versus Omega. I think better. The story here was the the Christian thing, Omega but the in ring wrestling was awesome. And uh, I people that are very attached to this story, um, I could see that emotional payoff being huge. Now, it's the we talked mm-hmm. about it over the, our text. Uh, I think or. Just this evolution of Hangman Page. And yeah, and I changed my mind on it, by the I way, told, after he yeah. won. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of that credit goes to Page. They, it, we thought they slow-played Kenny Omega, but man, the slow play of Hangman Page was even... Well, even, you forget how long AEW's been around, bro, because it feels so new. You're like, oh, wait, he's been chasing this title for multiple years. You had that Like, he was the first... Sh- yeah. yeah, with with so Jericho. I mean, it's just that AEW feels so new that it's hard for me to think like, oh, they've done this for two years. But it's like, wait a second, dude. This well, six is six months in pro wrestling is a very long time uh, in terms yeah. of storyline and shifts and looks and all that stuff. But I just want to you you got to give credit, um, Hangman Page. While I was always impressed with things he did in New Japan, um, he was always like the chase owens ninth or tenth guy in the bullet club while he was there he was a fringe g1 guy he was basically a pin eater in the he was G1s. chase owens to me he was the same as chase owens to me right except that in his last g1 run he did like really step it up right they they, they kind of played up you know he's really coming into his own now very young still let's not forget and i'm not even gonna say chase owens is a better wrestler than most people give him credit for for sure but I'm just saying, in terms of that, just peck, pecking order. Um, yeah. Tony Khan saw this guy and took this guy who was a fringe G1 guy in New Japan, super low mid level bullet club. Yeah. Um, and and turn, turned him, turned him into, into arguably the hottest baby face in the business. Yeah. And you know what's crazy, man, is I remember him interviewing with Jim Ross. I believe this was before Jim Ross joined AEW. And, like, there was talk in the interview about, like, and I remember even Paige kind of saying, like, that, like, there was a lot of expectation that he may become, like, the face of the company or that they had even been planning since day one um, with the Jericho match to eventually make Hangman be the champion of AEW. We heard a lot of that early on with AEW that they had high hopes for Hangman and um, guys, and you give him credit too because he stepped it up um, with almost every element of his his uh, you know of his game. Um, the look, he ha- he uh, has man. And they got that New Japan music, um, which is like the good, the bad, and the ugly kind of theme, kind of mixed up, and it's great. He comes out he's, there with he's, the, the cowboy he's part shirts. Of the dark, he's part of the Dark Order, which Ish, is yeah. one, of the, one of the beloved groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... The cowboy that, shit phrase. He's got the Austin He's got that over. Thing. He's got cowboy yeah. shit. And, uh, you know, and, and props to New Japan... Or, excuse me, to AEW Production, because I was not so hot on this match, but I feel like the pre-match promo really got me excited for it. And I was like, okay. Like, you know what? Yeah, fuck yeah, I do want to see him win now. So, and good job he, uh, on even AEW. Those sweet button-up shirts like I have on the sticker... Uh, with the cactus, <laughs> the drink, you know, like, 
I, I he's just he's awesome, man. And um, yeah, exactly. And New Japan's just I mean New Japan. Uh, Tony Khan and those guys have just built him up so perfectly. Um, you know, so good at just keeping stuff on that back burner and stirring it every once in a while, and just yeah. really got a stew going over there. As yeah, Carl Weathers it, and Arrested Development would say, <laughs> it's uh, ooh, not too deep of a cut there, but a, a, a <laughs> deep cut nonetheless. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where they go from here. We got a lot of stuff going on. And um, WWE fired, fired a bunch more people. Okay, now so that's not really news, but. No, that's that's seventy nine wrestlers. We don't need in, to go. It's in, it's becoming so common. Yeah, it's becoming so common. It's not even worth listing all those people. Seventy nine uh, wrestlers. Which this year. We support the wrestlers. We Absolutely. support the wrestlers We're on but their side. This is, you know, this is it's tough, man. It is really it's tough for them. Um, but ho- hopefully the indie scene will embrace them, or some will go to AEW and that'll uh, grow up. But I feel like it's the same conversation we have every time this happens, right? So it's uh, yeah. So um, moving on real quick, battle in the valley. I okay. I'm just gonna say this first. We don't need to go match by match on this one, but uh, the fucking production was horrible, and I'm talking one of the worst presented wrestling shows I have ever seen since I started rewatching. I mean, this production was a fucking joke, man. And I I wrote into the observer to give my thumbs up, thumbs down, and I gave the show a thumbs down based on production, hmm. even though the wrestling was good. That's how embarrassing I thought it was, man. Watching now, live. The qu- I didn't watch this one. I watched maybe the first uh, you know, part of the first match and maybe up to where Dickinson got hurt, which super sucks. Super And I feel awful for him. Dislocated, um, like... Uh, or was that the Riverside hip? show that he did? Or was that the San Jose Battle in the Valley? San Jose. Okay, anyway. So, um, can you tell me the production value of that show, Battle in the Valley versus Resurgence? Yeah, so there were some similar issues at first, but Resurgence um, picked it up and here's the huge differences. The Resurgence audio was pretty good. Like, we could hear the crowd. Not great, but you could hear the crowd. And you could hear the bumps on the mat and all that stuff. Also, Kevin Kelly and Alex Kozloff, you could just hear them talk. Uh, the frame rate was weird at first, but it improved over time. Now, here's what happened with this show. First of all, I tried to watch it in Japanese first. It was only in Japanese on New Japan World. Right. That's just how they do this. Well, because um, the Fight TV, they want you to buy it on a Fight TV. Yeah, yeah. which is weird, but... Uh, I, I, mean, I, I understand it. Yeah. Um, but and it might be Fight TV who produced this. They had similar technical issues with their show in England a couple years ago, too. But uh, this, this, which was a Fight TV thing, this, uh, it started, I tried to watch it in Japanese, and the frame rate was like fucking five frames per second. See, that's it looked like me. I was watching stop motion animation, dude. Yeah, see, like... I know that, you know, the crew, I know you've heard, have you heard it, you know who Dave Marquez is? Yeah. Yeah, I, from Championship I, I, Wrestling in yes, Hollywood. Yes, I think it's it's the same production crew. Marquez runs those, I think. And I think and they, they do NJPW Strong, you think? Yes. He does those too. I've heard it was Fight TV, dude. Okay, so I, I just want to make sure that one of the most respected, uh, you know, people in SoCal Wrestling, Dave Marquez and his production... This wasn't, I don't think it was his doing. If we're talking frame rate 
and all that stuff. I don't think that has anything to necessarily do with the on-site crew. Um, I mean, how did the... I mean, I know that the building they played... It could, they, have, it could have so much to do with the frequencies that they broadcast at. It right. could have to do with the equipment that they're using. There's the so many variables, given, yeah. but this is not slow internet connection. This is right. like directly there's some miscommunication here with the the technical side the hardware and kind of the software is what it seems like and uh it started that way on the english so i switched the english uh stream and it started that way okay the, the so i don't know i think it's fight tv man um so uh, the, okay the other thing i want to add is the sound was fucking horrible so this the japanese show only had audio in one ear okay for a little while the english show had the audio cutting in and out on the announcer it happened three or four times where the announcing would just stop for like five minutes you know really took away from the matches man um and then another thing is the the crowd you could hear in both sides but the mat and the ring was only coming out of the left channel so there was this really awkward sound setup where you couldn't really hear the loud pops, you know, see how loud they were. The crowd sounded quiet. Eh, I heard that the ring sounded long. weird too. and squeaky too. I'd have to watch the show to see it. I know they they Don't. it was an older venue uh, mm. that wasn't as you know nice. I mean, obviously, Resurgence was a beautiful. To watch show well it don't even compare it to the the venue does not compare to resurgence but that's a very yeah, beautifully lit i just being there it was a beautifully produced show and it well you know tanahashi great. tanahashi in front of the olympic stadium sign or whatever in is, front part of of pillars his, was, oh, is part gorgeous. of his is part of his pre-match video column yeah and i'm just that's oh man i just loved being that was such a awesome thing to be a part of in person and stuff that show was much better than this one the wrestling okay. on this show was good um but not great there was a match between carl fredericks clark connors versus tjp and uh united empire why am i not remember? jeff cobb Ruff. that match was so much not as good as it should have been really it was i mean it was just an average match, which was so weird. Like, these four guys are awesome. Like, why did that happen? Not sure. Miscommunication? I don't know. But it wasn't as good as you'd want it to be. Um, Moose versus Juice was probably my favorite match. Oh, that cool. match was okay. awesome, actually, dude. Okay. Uh, Juice really put on a performance. Now, Moose did fuck himself up. He tried to do a flip bump. This dude who's like six foot something trying to do a Man, flip bump. Man, I told you that was the most impressive athlete I saw at Resurgence in person was Moose. You did. And I've uh -huh. remembered that. Yeah. Um, he, he, he tried to do a flip bump and landed straight on his head, dude. Oof. And his neck went and everything. And then he did like a Spanish fly type of thing um, from the top rope and landed on his head again. And I heard he got injured from it. And, and you said juice. See, like I know that... I've always loved Juice, and I think, uh, you know, I think the pandemic, uh, he might have been one of the wrestlers that suffered the most from it uh, out of anyone in New Japan. Um, two, three years ago, this guy was one of the top gaijin 
uh, yeah. you know, top two, top three gaijins in in the company. And I hope they do something with him and Finn for like uh, when Finley. I mean, well, Finn, they should Finley be over is most Japan likely right leaving uh, New Japan right. soon. And from the booking on this show, that was totally apparent. He was in a multi man tag, and he had no role in the in the mm. match except uh, you know a few minutes. He really had nothing to do with is the match. Is he going to go they, to NXT or something? No clue, man. I mean, I know that his pops is still in that company. Um, he's still fairly young. NXT I, is being weird. And NXT has basically said they are not interested in getting indie wrestlers, which is kind of crazy because they still do. But uh, I don't they think want he's, football yeah. players and wrestlers and, and yeah. you know, basketball players. He's 28, and I heard the youngest wrestlers they want to sign are probably for about men. That age. It's got to be like under 27, 28. So yeah, he's, he's right there. And if his dad's there, I could see him being one of those guys. Maybe they bring in. I think he's improved his look and his physique enough. He is to definitely, maybe, and he's to good. Be but on that show, he, he could and, do Impact as well. He's been working with Impact for a um, while. Was that this year or last year the New Japan Cup match with Jay White? Oh, I don't remember. With the bad ankle, because that was one of my favorite matches um, at that period of time. Look, um, we we know the guy can go. He was reaching go. his he, peak he, around there, too. He won the tag tournament with Juice. Yeah. That was in an awesome match. Um, yep. But right now, you, you can just kind of tell that he's on his way out. You know, you just get that feeling. Like, yeah. So... Um, but maybe Juice we can see. I would love to see Juice maybe get another shot at the U.S. title if Kent is over here somehow. Um, that'd be badass. I, let I would Juice love go that. back with that U.S. title. Why not? Um, he had a good run with it. It got abbreviated by injury, but I think he's another guy that maybe they um, once he he started to hit some un- injury bugs, um, they kind of lost faith in him. I don't know, but I'd love to see another buildup of juice i know people aren't in love with the little gimmicks he gives himself every he was doing months. macho man at this show that's what he's yeah the macho man okay maybe i love the blues brothers thing i thought it was cool because that's one of my favorite movies of all time i had to go buy the shirt when they had a sale on, on uh, <laughs> pro wrestling tees i i just dig it i like the bears the flamboyant i love yeah. one of the best promos in the business um deceptively the what, when he like sharded himself yeah great stuff <laughs> great stuff he he he, he can get, be, get very emotional and uh you know I, i've heard about him he's it seems like that i've heard he's the type of dude that when he's not wrestling he just don't even think about wrestling and stuff and then he, he gets doesn't have ring. social media or anything um, yeah he's a, he's a little bit of a weirdo but uh hey man he is engaged to tony storm he, so he, all can't be wrong oh really yes hey so and, and he can go he We're go, almost dude. an hour into just talking yep. current event stuff, so why don't we just so, dive into wrestling and comedy, huh? Thanks for bringing that up, and we will have a timestamp. I'll throw in a timestamp, so the people that want to just jump right. to the, you know. So, thank you for uh, getting me there. <laughs> so, that's current events, that's what's going on, and that's how Justin and I feel, which means it's true. Um, moving it's on, it's, <laughs> it's to wrestling and comedy first let's talk about our kind of overarching opinion on comedy wrestling i guess currently and 
you know, what do we think our place is for the comedy wrestling? Why don't you talk a little about that? I know it's a general question, but see if you Um, can catch it. Is it wrong for me to say this? Wrestling is like movies. There's comedy, there's horror, there's action, there's um, science fiction. Um, It's just different types of wrestling. Comedy is one of them. Um, I find sometimes that comedy matches are something that you can maybe get casual fans to watch just to say, hey, this is a little different than you think of as a wrestling match. Um, maybe some of that doesn't, you know, is discuss, you know, doesn't think I wrestling is cool, you know, like or doesn't like wrestling. You can say, hey, look, this it can be this too. Um, Sometimes I see it as something where a nice little change of pace on a card I'm watching and it gives me a little bit of a break from intensity and all that. So obviously I think it's one of those things as long as it's not overdone and it's so bad that it just insults the business and looks like a Looney Tunes cartoon, um, which sometimes these things do. But in a way, if it's done right, it's so good. It's rare that it's, you know, always like that. But there's sometimes, you know, some when the comedy is done right, it's sometimes it's the highlight. I agree. I agree with that. When when it's done right is the key word. And yes, right. you do have yeah. different genres of wrestling. Although I do not like horror wrestling because uh, not a huge Bray Wyatt fan. But as right. far as well, wrestling you goes, could say some of those GCW shows with you know when they're using the fucking uh, uh, you know uh, hedge trimmers and shit <laughs> or whatever the, the weed whackers. That's would probably fall into the horror genre of wrestling although i don't know if there's a romantic comedy style of wrestling (laughs) well oh there definitely is an nxt it's called uh dexter loomis and oh and indy hartwell yeah so okay there we go there's your romantic comedy comedy. sci-fi that might be a little but anyways um so i agree with you the the thing about wrestling comedy for me man is that it's very difficult to make it I don't want to say sophisticated, but it's difficult to make it clever a lot of times, and it usually ends up being such low-bar comedy. I mean, uh, with, say, a sexual gimmick like he who we will not speak of, who where we really aren't going to talk about him except just now. That's all right. I'll talk about. But, uh, you know, there's just... It's, it's hard for it to be clever. Um, and so it's one of those things in wrestling where it's like, a lot of that stuff is, and a higher percentage of comedy matches to me are are just not very good compared to normal matches. But when they do get it right, it can be really entertaining. When you when you hear The Rock cut a promo that just makes you die laughing, dude, it is so great, you know. But the match wow. isn't comedy; it's the promo that's the comedy. But I'm talking. I'm talking about comedy in general, not just matches. In comedy, yeah, in it's wrestling. wrestling and comedy, re- yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I know that when I would watch Raw in the Attitude Era, I always knew that I was going to get some laughs. <laughs> Whether yeah, it dude. was from Stone Cold making fun of Vince McMahon's shoes or, you know, the, the milk being sprayed. On, I mean, that I think yep. when wrestling is good, 
there is uh, if there's a good if let's say AEW whatever if they're hitting on all cylinders there's some damn comedy in that show I think it's a necessary element if you have a two-hour wrestling show to have a little bit of comedy I don't I I disagree I don't think it's a necessary element and I've seen specifically a all Japan in the 90s this promotion where it is that's a different thing we're talking about though I think the Japanese wrestling isn't so storyline and promo based um, in terms of here's a guy in the middle of the ring for seven minutes with a microphone here's a guy running into somebody backstage um, no there, you know, there's there's nothing like that but it just in comparison and and say Noah which has been you know historically a more serious company I, I just don't think it's necessary it, it is you know maybe yes now in American wrestling, it's or British. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think I, a lot of like the comedy wrestlers originally were were British. Well, I'll say that you know, reading uh, Regal's Regal's book, you know, they they that wrestling started out at like fairs fairs where they yeah. would like challenge to wrestle people and stuff and you know you, that you could get a good kick out of that seeing some dude get his ass kicked uh that paid 10 mm-hmm. bucks to wrestle so definitely man there there is a place in western wrestling um i don't i wouldn't call it a necessity uh but it's well i'll say this it's probably a necessity for getting the widest possible audience right because like you said the comedy part appeals to people who you know, it's like a comedy. Comedy always appeals to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just like the idea... I, I Maybe this will make me sound bad, but... Toriano, two things about him, who, who is probably one of the more prominent comedy wrestlers in the world right now, right? Prominent, I'm not saying great or whatever, like, but he's... That's his shtick, his comedy. Um, I mean, others mm-hmm. would be Colt Cabana, who... Does it to a, I would say, a lesser degree. Uh, yep. I think, and then you have guys like Orange Cassidy, who I guess you could put in that category. Oh, but, absolutely, um, you would. Um, Toriano, w- the thing about him is he's in New Japan, this very serious promotion, and then you got this guy. I, I, I just look at a card, or like, let's say you're. You, you, you have a roster and you have these little profiles on what these guys do as wrestlers. Uh, yeah. You know, Okada is this just he'll outlast you in the ring no matter what you do. He's going to mm-hmm. outlast you. He'll go as long as it takes to beat you. Um, Shingo Takagi is going to just beat the shit out of you until you uh, just can't go any longer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh Tetsuya Naito will take little shortcuts to beat you, and he's really good at you know playing possum or whatever. Almost um, with the Randy Orton slash stalking kind of, and right, eventually um, figuring you, know, you out. E- Evil's gonna wait till someone else turns the other way, and he's gonna hit you in the nuts. And then Dick Togo's gonna choke you. He's gonna cheat and be a little dick. Um, yeah. And then you you come to Toriano, and. He's going to be the one that's going to, you know, try and trick you into taking a gift from him or he's going to tape you to the ring post or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a, it's a unique element that kind I, I, of I see, diversifies I see the saying. roster a little bit. 
I see what you're saying. They all have their own way of getting it's to like, the end goal. It's like bosses in a video game. They're all these. They have all these unique characteristics, and yeah. I just kind of like seeing that balance for some reason. I don't know if that makes any sense. Maybe it, um, no, it it does make sense. Like they all have different ways of getting to their end goal. But I mean, specifically with Yano, and you know, the thing with him as a comedy wrestler is that it's just become so shtick to me. It's literally, oh, sure. he tries to mix it up, and he does have yeah. good matches. The hair match with uh, Hiromu, the cutting hair, was, that was probably great. one of my favorites. Yeah, But right. uh, Hiromu also being kind of goofy in his own way. But it's right. just the shtick, the non-athleticism shtick, that kind of... And, you know, I almost get annoyed with people that, well, you know, he was a real wrestler. And, and it's like, dude, I get it. But what he does well, now... <laughs> what he does now, um, you know, as he's changed his total comedy character, it's like his greatest hits, which a lot of wrestlers do. But I'm rather... I'm just so much more entertained when someone does their greatest hits like Ishii and he does all his serious, crazy stuff than the, uh, you know, oh, I'm goofy and funny. And he does his greatest hits where he does the nut shot and then the fucking ties their hands to the... Just stuff like that. I just... Unties the ring pads. Yeah, I mean, we already know that wrestling is fake. Well, I don't like to use that word, but pre-planned and stuff. And I don't know, man. It really pulls out the suspension of disbelief and stuff for me a lot of times. you know what, though? When you watch a Toriano match in the G1 or whatever, you never count. You know that he has a chance to win it. And we all know that he plays his role like that, you know? Um but that's a very specific role for him in in New Japan. So in his case, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he needs to be funny or not. That's just his role in the G1. You could right. have a serious wrestler that could be the spoiler as well. Um so as far as Yano goes specifically, man, I I I get he does diversify things, right? And you mentioned that originally, right? It's it's the diversity of comedy. New Japan being a slightly serious company, not the most, but, you know, um, he does make it diverse, and I, I do agree with that. And he is a nice tag partner in some matches. Seeing him work with Ishii, you know, stuff like that is a nice combination that... Uh, that you know the the serious and the funny the straight man it's the it's the classic japanese stand-up what's called manzai where you have a straight dude and you have the goofy dude and <laughs> i think that can work pretty well just like we saw with ishii with uh with orange cassidy recently although or orange cassidy did wrestle pretty seriously for the later half orange cassidy can wrestle oh yeah very seriously Oh, he, he um, dude! I remember when he yelled at Chris Jericho. I was like, I was standing up like when they did the Jeopardy thing or the quiz. Remember that? Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got to at least have a TNT title run himself at some point. I mean, the thing about Orange Cassidy is it's more of a coolness than it is comedy, in a way too. It's, it's yeah, Toriano I kind of agree is, with that. Yeah, Toriano is not cool funny. And maybe that's what I mean, you know? man. Where Toriano, and it sounds hypocritical. It, it sounds hypocritical because I'm saying Yano, you know, makes it hard to suspend my disbelief. 
But Orange Cassidy is almost worse, right? In that sense that suspending your disbelief, but I find him more entertaining, to be honest. And maybe it is that cool factor, like you said. Yeah, it's the cool factor, the sunglasses thing, the kind of aloofness of him. Um, Did you predict he would get over? Orange Cassidy? Yeah. Um, For what I saw in the indies, I thought he would at least catch on um, and, you know, have some longevity and, you know, probably be like kind of that fan favorite kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I'd say, yeah, I knew he would, you know, Orange Cassidy is somebody that you could show your girlfriend and say, hey, check this guy out. He just keeps his hands in his pockets. And he does he does a kip up with his, you know, hands, hands in, in his, his pockets, pockets, and he does and a dive, dive with through his... the ropes with his hands in his pockets, and he's not going to lose his sunglasses, and he's going to get. That is a guy who can really draw in casual fans. Definitely. Say, what is this guy doing? And this that, and and then not only make you laugh, but also do it in like, how the hell did he do a kip up with his hands in his pockets? Who the hell? You know, like there's an athletic ability to his comedy there's almost and and this can be in wrestling when something in music as well something can be funny when it's actually also incredibly impressive you know it's just yeah. like your reaction is like it's it's a little bit half laughing and half holy shit you're like what the fuck dude what did he just do and that's do? where orange cassidy is finding an absolutely beautiful niche in the in the business um and yeah, one of my favorite guys. I love watching Orange Cassidy. Um, I, know, I, I I did not like him at all when he was in the Indies, man. I actually yeah. thought he was cringe. Like I was like, this is so. These fans are idiots. Fucking chanting with him and stuff. And when he joined AEW, I was thought it would be bad, but I was pleasantly wrong, very wrong. And he is cool, man. And he's a good, great. Even at great at times, wrestler, his match with Pac was one of my favorites that can turn the comedy on and off. And when he needs to go, dude, he fires up and goes. And to me, that makes it even cooler because it's like yeah. he's funny, yeah. but he can go too. Like there is that inside of him. And I don't see that in Yano. You know, he tries to do serious stuff sometimes, but he, I don't see that has, fighting spirit. He, he has the murder Yanu kind of thing going where he di- he dyed his hair for that one match that was one way match. too long. Um, and he does change his look up very drastically. I know he dyes the eyebrows and he looks like kind of a scary eat your children kind of, you know, motherfucker when he does that stuff. Um, but, I mean, it's just a different kind of thing. I mean... His comedy is, I'm going to run you around in circles around you. It's like a Looney Tune. Um, and I will I'm going to go like, rip matches, off the corner pad and, you know, pretend yeah, I'm not. It's, you know, his match with um, John Moxley at the G1 a few years ago, I thought that was funny and that was great. That one still when bothered he, me because Moxley lost. He, I was in shock when I saw that. That's what was, you know, that's what I'm saying is, you know, like he could win any match. He has, you know, like with his stupid shit and he taped him to show to umino which i thought was funny it was a little different um and the one he had with kenny omega i think the year or two before the, the hair they were hair, they were other. taking do you remember when they were instead of yes. chopping each other they were pulling each other's hair yes and then i think they were taped he taped both their ankles together hopping around that worked the hiromo one worked but yeah. you know it's just one of those things um 
there, you know, you've got the, those, uh, I don't know, I think about a baseball player, I know that, I don't know if how big in the baseball, there was this hit, this guy, or there's been numerous hitters like this, where okay. they'll hit 200, and, you know, they'll hit 215, but they'll hit mm-hmm. 40 home runs. So, oh, they, they're just big slug, the big swingers. Yeah, feasters famine. They either are going to strike Judge out. Kind of like that. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Yeah, to a degree. Um, but he's Shit, Babe Ruth famine. was that way, dude. Uh, what's who's that? Babe Ruth was like that, wasn't he? Well, no, Babe Ruth hit three seventy five. I mean, oh, hit, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He hit totally for a high wrong. average. Okay. But you, we're talking about guys that would strike out. Or hit a home run. There was no in between, and they would strike out more <laughs> often. But they would still hit fifty home runs. They, you know, they would close their eyes and swing as hard as they could. That is Toriano. He is when he has a good match, it's memorable and great. But then there's ten stinkers around it, or just ten just routine things, and you know that's just the type of you know wrestler he is. And he's never going to be at the top of the card. He's never going to be necessarily at the bottom of the card. He's just going to be that change of pace guy. And I guess a night off for the boys, too. Well, I'll say this, man. This is probably the most I've ever wanted to talk about Yano on an episode. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about him, but we end up doing it. Um, we have to sometimes. Well, so Wrestling and comedy, you know what? If you're doing wrestling and comedy, he has to be. He about. he <laughs> has to be, and he is on my list here, but I can cross it off because we've talked about him. Um, yes, we dissected so, Yano enough. Way too much. Um, <laughs> so I guess not if we're talking wrestling comedy, but I wanted to talk about this real quick. I wrote some stuff here. Um, the origins of comedy wrestling, hard for me to find because there's not a lot online, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that it's been since wrestling just became scripted and what i wrote here was that as wrestling became more scripted certain spots and angles end up being funny in their own right you know seeing a certain spot or situation ended up being funny seeing a huge i I remember seeing this really old match and it was like what gorgeous george or something like that or maybe freddie blassie and he's he's wrestling this big huge fat dude and he punches the dude and the dude just falls out of the ring and he can't get up and i thought it was hilarious you know um that's back in the 50s from uh exactly exactly that mike tyson's punch out I mean, so I'm pretty sure comedy has always had a part kind of in wrestling. Um, but as far as, you know, these origins, I think some of the stuff is, you know, squash matches too in the 80s because sometimes they were there just to show how dominant someone was. But it was pretty entertaining to see someone just absolutely get destroyed. And I thought it was, I think it was often funny. Yeah, I mean... You know, and I think a lot of times the the comedy would come in size difference, right? So you oh have, yeah, you know, yeah. or just size. I mean, honestly, like little people, wrestlers would automatically be. I forgot comedy. to bring. I forgot to even bring that up. But yeah, definitely, um, you got Sky Lolo, classic, yeah. and those those guys. Uh, yeah, Max Mini, um, K Monito, one of the best internet memes in the world. So, oh yeah, favorites. him, him. You know, I, that um, little—is he the little green uh, ape? It's like a little blue. He's like a blue kind of monkey gorilla. Legend, type. Yeah. absolutely legendary. 
Um, and then, you know, you have guys like Polly in Britain. You had Big Daddy, uh, who mm-hmm. was pretty much a comedy act. Um, and I think there was some other comedy acts. I can't remember who it was that Cole Cabana said was a, a big influence on him. Mm. Um, but obviously, Cole Cabana is another guy that's, you know, in that genre now but it's always had an element on the card but like i said it's a change of pace you know in those you know mid to late 90s wwe cards you'd always have a little people match on the card um oh and and i mean dude some of those 80s wwe shows in fact there was one in particular that was just ridiculous and and pretty much comedy no like super comedy we're talking like i remember they did a wedding and all the wrestlers were there and like sky lolo the little little person was part of the wedding and stuff and it was absolutely ridiculous i can't say it was the funniest thing i've ever seen but they were going for it so clearly we see by the 80s and maybe by the 70s but by the 80s comedy had a prominent role in wrestling Absolutely, yeah. If not a little before, but it was an I'm element sure that before. was included. Yeah, you know, in that Saturday Night's main event era. Um, hey, there was maybe that was the an, show. There was always an element of comedy, and sometimes it was added by just seeing, like, a little people match. Some of it was, sometimes it was just Bobby the Brain Heaton doing his thing. Um, and uh you know it was was funny on commentary too you know i mean the commentary fantastic and and, uh, i got a recommendation for me some of the best bobby the brain heating commentary is survivor series i believe it's 93 i think it it was the one where it was uh i think it's survivor series 93 when he is just totally getting on the hearts and mm. making fun of Stu and Helen in the front row. And oh, that's great. I mean, he, he was so clever. One thing was Stu Hart was wearing a Boston Bruins jacket that had the, you know, the B on the front and the back had the bear face. Yeah. And just he says, oh, would you look at that? Stu's wearing a jacket with Martha's picture on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, not Mar- No, what was it? Uh, Helen Hart with Helen's picture okay. on the back and just little stuff like that. And, oh, he stole that jacket or uh, th- that just Survivor Series 93. I think it was the, when the Hearts, I can't remember who the Hearts went against for some reason. It might have been Shawn Michaels and the Knights versus, okay. uh, you know, Bret Hart, you know, and all those Hart brothers. Uh, his commentary is just absolutely incredible. Um and just, you know, you can't talk comedy like without talking about Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, and commentary in general, right? And yeah. some of that is terrible, um, especially WWE now with uh, Corey Graves tries to be funny sometimes. I don't think he's funny at all. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was much more talented than him. But, uh, you know, commentary plays a part in that as well. And Bobby Heenan, for me... Uh, was one of the funniest and most clever, and he didn't always have to be crude to make it funny. And just the way he talked, and you know, just it was it was just great, dude. It was uh, yeah. If you just want to talk about all around, just wrestling contributors and performers, and we're talking top five, top ten. It's really hard not to put Bobby Heenan in, in that high element 
uh, of just overall wrestling talents. Yeah, to the, I, to the yeah, I agree. And one of the quickest minds, in my opinion, just the the, the one liners that guy could come up with were out of this world. So yeah. that that was WWE. Now uh, moving on in the eighties, um, and I guess late seventies. Well, definitely the seventies as well. Uh, I want to talk about one of the best comedy wrestlers of all time, who, not coincidentally, is also one of the best wrestlers of all time. Do you know who I'm talking about? What what year? We're talking the seventies, the seventies and eighties. Comedy wrestler and one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Ric Flair, baby. Oh, sure, yeah, right. I mean, this guy could go 100% serious and have the most serious matches but he could also he also had a good few spots that were just absolutely hilarious do you, do you remember his his comedy spots that he did I, I of course I remember that you know that taking off all the clothes and doing the elbows and stuff oh, uh, yeah. and just going batshit and just his promos anything in that TBS studio oh yeah man contrast it when you talked about how he could be serious because one of the most underrated and best produced things that WCW ever did, and this is a contrast to that character, how you say he could be serious because I think that kind of makes the comedy more funny in a way, is yeah. when I can't remember what show it was, but when it, he, was to, he was to face Vader mm-hmm. and... If I think Vader might have been the champ at the time, or he was, de- uh, or was Flair defending the title against Vader, but that was where they made it so serious. Like Ric Flair in the limo with Gene Okerlund, you know, yeah, just kind of that serious. Like that was some of Ric Flair's finest work and one of the best things that WCW produced, and it just mm. went so against that usual woo character. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it was like you know? it was like time to. Put the funny stuff aside, and this is yeah. this is I think one of the things I like most about comedy wrestling in general is when a comedy wrestler knows when to put the bullshit aside and get really serious. And when they show that serious side, like you said, it makes the comedy even better because it's like, oh shit, this is this. There's no games going on in this one. Exactly. So I so. think that added to that element and. I mean, you just don't want to label Ric Flair as a comedy wrestler, <laughs> but I think that it, it, that's an element to a wrestler that can really, oh, he makes, you know, just like finding a partner is he wants someone that makes you laugh a little yeah. bit here and there, right? And, you know, I know we'll probably talk about how great Kurt Angle was at doing that as well. I didn't have him written down, but he was totally great funny guy and uh why don't we use that as kind of a jumping point here shout out to rick flair though you know one of the funniest wrestlers i've ever seen but you know there's a reason people often call him uh the best and yeah so let's move on to the fed and uh some of their other comedy stuff kind of since back in the day so there's always been wrestlers and we had the saturday night main event and stuff like that over the top you had a dude eating the turnbuckle what was that George the Animal Steel, which was George scary, but kind of yeah. funny too. He played like a uh, just wild man, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you had now now was doink the clown a comedy wrestler or was it supposed to be funny because i didn't really watch him that much at first yeah he was a comedy wrestler and then they kind of uh put on kind of more of a pennywise factor to him of course in a more g-rated way Um, okay yeah I, yeah, I don't think I, that's yeah. one that really hit that hard, although he, I think the wrestler's he's name is Matt Bourne, and I've heard that he was a very talented wrestler. Yeah, so, no, he was. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So that, you know, in the 90s, you had stuff, but nothing like uh, the Attitude Era as far as the comic comic stuff goes. And uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, mm-hmm. Mick Foley, Vince McMahon, New Age Outlaws, DX, Al Snow, yep. right? They yep. all could turn on that comedy and i wrote the here rock. that the rock i i wrote here that while the humor wasn't always great and in fact was often really low bar not that great it played a part in wwe success because having a show that had these great feuds but also playing into a lot of that shock comedy which was so popular back then uh yes, like south park green style yeah it was just so appealing to young audiences our age at the time yep. absolutely um like I said, when I was watching Raw in when I was in high school from 97 to 99, I knew I was looking forward to laughing at something, whether it was yeah. so, uh, now I'm not saying I would still laugh at the same stuff. Um, you it's, know, it was a different time. Justin versus, you know, at 16 years old versus 40 year old Justin in 2021, completely different people for many different reasons. But um or just seeing Mark Henry kind of do weird things with uh, May Young or whatever it was. <laughs> Look, I'm, like, I'm laughing at us talking about it, right? Yes. I see it in my head, and I'm laughing at it. Seeing um, the Godfather bring out the hoe train. Seeing Val Venus, what was he going to say at the city he was he, in? You know, DX but, Saints wearing aprons that said, suck the cook. Oh, God. You know, and I'm laughing in my head, but just to be honest to our audience here and to you, I'm not laughing at that because they're particularly funny. It's just sometimes you can veer into ridiculousness, so ridiculous that it kind of loops back on itself and it becomes funny again. Um, And some of that stuff was there. Suck the cook. I mean, DX was just all goofiness. It's part of the reason I don't like them. Uh, I mean, that version of Shawn Michaels where he's zany and making funny faces, you know, uh, he really tried to be funny. Um, it wasn't for me at all, even oh, as a kid. On. I, You know what was funny was when they came out there with the face shields and the windshield wipers when Sergeant Slaughter was talking. Oh, jeez. You know, because they was... Was it Commissioner? Them. Yeah, and when they had to have a match against each other and... Sean just laid down for that European title. That was kind of funny, and it was almost like I don't. I think it had to be after uh, before the finger poke of doom. But um, <laughs> Norman Smiley, let's not forget. I don't remember Norman Smiley, but I've heard the name mentioned. That's sad that I don't oh, remember that. He was hilarious, and he used to do the big wiggle. But he was also a great wrestler, and he's also one of the. <laughs> I think. Uh, Norman Smiley was great, and I think he's still working for NXT uh, training and stuff. Norman uh, Smiley yep. was, was the WCW comedy. He did some great stuff. 
and they okay. had him as the hardcore champion in ECW I just saw that. in WCW. But he was like he would do these screams, and he was like kind of the biggest wuss, but he was the hardcore champion. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I don't have much on WCW at that period. Right. It started to get more goofy towards the end um, yes. in 2000. In fact, the whole show became one big goof at that time. But it's also yeah. well known for being some of the worst comedy ever in wrestling. Um, yeah, Ernest the Cat Miller was good too. and you know The Cat, they... David Arquette, Judy Bagwell... Uh, Jeff Jeff Jarrett slap nuts. Now I'm I'm you not know, gonna lie. Do you, you remember? Do you know who Beetlejuice is? He is oh, like yes, yes. Of okay. course. That's exactly when you said Jeff Jarrett slap nuts. I thought of him getting hit in the. That's all that Vince Russo kind of stuff. Was man. pretty hilarious, dude. Seeing yeah. Beetlejuice get He's smashed by the guitar. the guitar. But but <laughs> it, it, in fact, I mean Great the internet shift too. The 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 guitar thing got. I uh, back then I would have probably thought it was ridiculous but watching it now it made me laugh like he like hit Booker T's wife over the head with the guitar and stuff and you know called her slap nuts and stuff so uh probably bad stuff but again it kind of looped around to where it was funny but in a way the comedy kind of killed WCW dude Amongst tons of other things. But Amongst yeah, I, all money issues and stuff like that. But the product itself became so... Did they have like Major Boner or something like that? They major, had like the dick no, army had or whatever. Huge Erection. There we go. Huge uh, Erection. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I mean, see, there's just... There's comedy and then there's unseriousness. <laughs> and... Maybe that, I don't know. I think they were going for a laugh with all that stuff. I could see whoever was Vince Russo or whatever laughing his ass off. And, you know, that's the stuff really isn't that funny, um, especially at the time, especially compared to WWF at the time. I mean, my God. And that's when, you know, we talked about turning from funny to serious. You know, the Rock and Stone Cold exemplify that 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 rick flair type of thing where they could be now stone cold was a little more serious but man let's throw kurt angle into that category too i was talking mainly late 90s but yeah, yeah. he was right, right. there a couple years later right um yeah. kurt angle and even edge and christian too yeah okay totally they, they were actually really goofy for a time I, I remember Edge not liking them and not thinking they were funny as a kid. But, you but know. Even, but think about when they were first brought in and they were very serious and quiet and didn't say a fucking word when they were part yeah. of the brood and they were brought in. And then going to these goofy characters. I mean, I'm just saying the contrast um, that shows a little, I don't know if the word is range, I guess. It does. It shows range for sure. They totally switched their characters up, and they turned into this this group that reeked of awesomeness. And it's funny, Five kind of. <laughs> yep, it's funny actually to think about it now, Justin, because both of them now are very serious characters, very serious yeah. characters. Uh, mm-hmm. When they both are pretty funny guys, but their current characters are are not meant to be laughed at at all. So. So mm-hmm. they're some of the more serious wrestlers on both of those shows. Yeah. Sure. So I, I guess, but you said the range, right? 
I'm sure if yeah. they got got back together, which you know, hopefully we'll see one day, you know, for something, I'm sure they'll do some funny stuff again. So t- yeah. talk about Kurt I Angle. Mean, I loved. I really liked their podcast when they had one. Yeah. Kurt oh yeah, Angle. me too. I liked it too. Talk about Kurt Angle a little bit. Well, you know, Kurt Angle obviously came in with a huge lineage of being a serious wrestler, a serious serious wrestler, wrestler, gold medal, and with the broken neck. I think he developed. I mean, I think his sense of humor obviously was in was probably always there in terms of his just as a person, but his sense of humor seemed to develop. I mean, well, I'm gonna say his sense of humor, his comedy, I guess, as we're calling it for you know this show, kind of started with kind of the the poor reception he got from fans. Where he mm. turned that into a comedic element of his character. You suck. Was, you suck. Well, that that was a little ways down the road. But when okay. he came in, he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, almost in a way, like it's almost like if Cody, with this whole patriotic thing, instead of you know, kind of just getting pissed about being booed, he just started acting out, kind of in a comedy fashion. Um, that's kind of what Kurt Angle did. Like, I'm a gold medalist. You're supposed to cheer for me, like kind of thing. <laughs> that ends up, yeah, getting a laugh out of you. Um, and then he was wearing that small, tiny hat years later. Um, and I think he's just a natural, funny dude that was able to have it out. But then he could just go flat out serious and grow a little bit of a beard and shave his head and mm. do that stuff in TNA and where the gloves, where his hands look like live long and prosper. Um, and he was just doing some flat out tremendous comedy, the whole milk thing. Uh, yeah. You know, just really <laughs> just diving into that. And it just seems like a, a good, funny dude to have around. Um, I, I think that my favorite version of Kurt Angle, by far, is heel, unaware, self-unaware Kurt Angle, right. who wants to be cool. The and stuff that they were doing with Edge and Christian. Was that, was that like, part yeah, of that? He, okay. He had a little thing with Edge and Christian... Um, it, it, I think that was like a comedy thing that was just really good. I can't remember the details of it. I just remember them, the three of them being together for some stuff. Yeah, that um, that that was that version of him was great. Um, and he wanted to be cool. You know, he he tried to rap against John Cena, I believe, at one point, and it was and that was later on down the road, of course. But I love that version of him, and I think that's one of the funniest. Uh, funniest characters um so uh, you know quickly moving on and john cena right started as pretty much a comedy character not necessarily a comedy wrestler but a comedy character i mean he was basically an eminem um, yeah you know and his Can lyrics were always one, one yeah, more yeah, yeah. thing before we, we we brush off kurt angle i kurt don't know never if this gets was brushed. intentional but one of my just low-key, underrated comedy moments of WWE, at least in the last five or six years, was when he was a replacement for The Shield 
at mm. whatever match it was because I think I don't remember. I think it was Roman that got injured or something. Mm-hmm. And when they did their entrance and he was wearing the shield gear, you had Seth and Dean Ambrose just their serious mode, and you had Kurt Angle's goofy ass smiling walking <laughs> down. Yeah, I I just thought that was I can hilarious. See it now totally, and bald. I don't even think he was trying to be funny with that or anything. It was just him being Kurt. But that was just, I just laughed at that. I don't know why. But um, anyway, that I just wanted to tie off Kurt Angle with that. Well, and think of it with the uh, music playing and Kurt smiling. Da-da, da-da, da-da. <laughs> you know, good. it just makes it even better. So yeah. uh, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, so John Cena, he started out as the yeah. white Eminem, but his lyrics were always kind of meant to be laughed at in a sense he's talking about you know sucking his dick and all that stuff um a little bit low bar comedy in fact do you know the character origin with the halloween thing and all that stuff i do not so i mean there was a halloween party on wwe tv you know just a scripted backstage thing and john cena went as a rapper right and he did his rap Mm -hmm. and stuff which was totally goofy because everyone was dressed up and they ended up keeping the character. <laughs> Vince McMahon was like, oh. yeah, I liked your Halloween costume. Just keep it, pal. So uh, that was the comedy angle that ended up uh, turning into, you know, one of their top guys. And as his career went on, he's always kept comedy kind of in his back pocket. Would you agree? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that's always a part of a, if you're going to give a good promo where you're insulting your opponent you're going to make people laugh at them right Mm -hmm. and that's comedy yeah Um, for sure you know mjf does it uh if you're a big time heel you have to say something that is kind of funny about i don't know that's just you got to get those moments. Yeah, you want the crowd to laugh at them. You want that pop. Well, you want to embarrass the you heel. want them you, to feel guilty for laughing. Uh, yeah, at something. Yeah, I, I want to say something that I'm kind of realizing as we're talking through this. Sure, it's like almost all the top, top, top guys really can do comedy well, and you move that on the nowadays in AEW and Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. I mean, those guys are funny, dude. It seems yeah. like uh, this pattern here where, and we talked about it, that humor can reach anyone. Everyone likes humor. But it seems almost like it may be a prerequisite to be one of the top guys in America. You have to you be able to. You have to have a little element. And you know who has it in Japan is Naito. Yeah. I could see that, Maybe man. Okada I think Okada has I think Okada has it, bro, because it's not in his wrestling. But he is, I've heard he's goofy as hell. And his promos are very, like, lighthearted, dude. He'll go through the most intense match ever, where Shingo would get up and be like, oh, that was that was crazy and I can't believe I survived. And Okada will get up and say, hey, everybody, how's it going? You know, and go into a shtick. He had his whole I, promo where he'd go, three things. You know, uh, his promos were always yeah. like that. Uh, he, I, I heard a great, I don't know if you've heard this, but I heard a great thing where the Young Bucks said they used to have to hide their gear when they were in New Japan. Oh, they because, were getting ribbed? No, because Okada would take it and try it on. And there's, there's <laughs> if, if you search, you know, on the internet, uh, Okada Young Bucks gear, you'll see 
him going like this in some of their outfits. Or at least one Oh, of them. wow. So, so the Young Bucks said they had to hide their stuff because Okada would take it out and try it on and take pictures of himself in oh it. Oh, my God, man. So, yeah. So the, it's, the element is definitely there. Um, but in terms of... I mean, if you had to look at the top guys in New Japan, I guess Naito has... And I guess Hiromu, you got to throw him in there, too. I, I um, actually think that Okada and Tanahashi are goofier than Naito, to be honest. Naito, to me, is... is I've always thought of him as a pretty serious guy. But I guess his promos, right? He does... He, well, the he, smiling and, and, and the... You know, the I, I've over all, the, it always came off to me as like not funny, but like being so, yeah, charisma. Like I would not um, call Shinsuke Nakamura funny at all. He was a very serious wrestler, but he was like well, extremely when he leans charismatic into and does stuff like this. There is a level, it's a, definitely, of there, comedy okay. to that. And showing I somebody agree. up is going to bring a smile. Naito smiling at someone and then rolling out of the ring. Uh, and saying tranquilo, you know, slow down, like that's funny, that's yeah. comedy. Um, you know, him bouncing off the ropes and going into that pose, that's comedy. I I always, to me, I always took that as I wouldn't, I'd have never laughed at that stuff. I, that's, or, or not that's, even in my head. I always took it as like he's just mocking the opponent. But I never even got it like, like a laughter type of thing. For it, that. It, it it I I don't know how it, like it's like Orange Cassidy putting his hands in his pockets and doing the light kicks. Obviously, it's not as you know egregious, but it's. Um, I love it when he does those light little kicks because, like, I know people are. Why does he just punch him? Like people, you know, sometimes you just don't know how to react to something like that because it's unexpected. I mean, you should expect it with Orange Cassidy, and when he was doing it with Sting, was a great that's what I was gonna too. bring up. That was yeah. great. With Sting, totally did it with him, and that was something where four years ago, if I would have heard about that, I would have fucking written that off. But what was beautiful about that moment is it was basically Sting's like stamp of approval and acceptance of what is going on you know right the chest bump in slow motion the the yeah. the, the beating on the chest yeah um yeah so like, I, uh, a, a couple more things in wwe at the time you had a lot of hit, hits and misses some which are were completely tone deaf nowadays like eugene and and chuck and whatever <laughs> Uh, th- those. Well, say what wor- you want about Eugene. <laughs> he did a great job. He did a great job. Uh, uh, you know what, bro? It was I, a really good performance. If Sean Penn can win an Oscar for "I Am Sam" or whatever that movie was called, <laughs> um, then uh, Eugene should win a Slammy for his performance. I'm just saying. We, if we can acknowledge Sean Penn's performance in that movie, we can acknowledge Eugene. Well, the difference uh, is that Nick Sean Dinsmore. Penn, Sean Penn was not meant to be laughed at for that. Where Eugene, I, we I were know, actually laughing in this bullyish it was way. A comedy character, but what I'm saying is Nick Dinsmore did a good job of playing the character. That's all I'm saying. I mean, hey, um, if that's what they give you, you do the best that you can, right? Yeah, I thought yeah he was he performed it well. <laughs> Whether it doesn't age well, and it probably wasn't a good idea, but he did a good job with it. 
Leonardo DiCaprio was great in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the same kind of acknowledgement. Obviously, there's a movie, and they yes, he wasn't supposed to be laughed at. Um, but they all did a good job performing in that in that role. Well, and again, he was given the role, man, and you go with it, right? I mean, yep. and, and this also was years ago. That doesn't make it okay, but I mean... You know, this was mid two thousands, a little. Doesn't different. make it okay, but that doesn't change the fact that it was more acceptable at the time. Yeah, um, Hurricane Helms. Really, don't know much about the guy at all. I know who he is. I know what he did, and I heard he's right. a really cool guy. But didn't really watch him at the time. Um, did you? Did you I watch was, him? I was probably on the way out, but I do remember the Hurricane character. Was he funny? It. As far as comedy yeah, goes, absolutely. Yeah? Yes, he was. Okay. It was. And they gave him a great theme song that just really uh, just made it, the character, too. But Now, no, did he, he take him... Now, was he kind of unself-aware that he took himself too serious kind of thing? Or he was... kind of... It was like he really believed he was a superhero, yeah. Okay. The unself-awareness... Yeah. Uh, the lack of self-awareness really aided that character. Mm. The, the guy really thought he was a superhero, and he's like, I'm going to go take him out, and then he would get squashed in a second. It, it was good. Nice, nice. Um, I, I have the boogeyman written here, but that's more of the horror wrestling that we were talking about. So, um, Although seeing people get scared uh, yeah. was pretty funny, right? Uh, well, his little scaring people backstage, like the stuff he did with Booker T, that was comedy. Booker T's funny as fuck too, by the way. Absolutely. Um, the Spirit Squad, not much to say about that. Um, except well, that I was, was gonna supposed say to the be. Booker T's uh highlight of comedy and wrestling. Stone Cold Steve Austin. In the supermarket. Yeah. Or of course King Booker. But the the supermarket scene is one of the greatest uh you know, non ring brawls in W- history of pro wrestling well we'll get to non-ring. that non-ring non-ring we'll, we'll, well actually you know what we're going to use that as a quick segue we, we're going along a little longer but i have like two more notes here um yeah. they're long but um we'll get to that so we talk about outside of the ring and we're talking about comedy wrestling and so like i could not do a show about comedy wrestling without talking about ddt now I'm I'm guessing you've told me you might not know a ton about DDT. I mean, I know it is a it's comedic, mostly wrestling, um more lighthearted and it, it does it have more of a supernatural chikara element <laughs> as well? Uh some of the stories, here's the thing, what this is I actually think DDT is actually one comedy kind of promotion with comedy matches that like i actually can buy into because it might have the supernatural stuff but really it's a parody i mean it's it's not it's it's like a total joke dude like so just quickly i remember one where one of these characters that has face painted he was leaving a bunch of drinks backstage saying drink them for free right and like one guy went and sipped one and another guy looked at one and put it back. And like later in the match, those dudes like went back and came out with his face paint on like the drink turned them into him. And it was just so over the top that it was actually kind of funny. Um, so you could call it supernatural, but it was more like slapstick. Right, right, um, right. So DDT, it started in 97. And yeah, it, it was like they parodied 
WWE, things like backlot brawls. Every year, you talk about out-of-the-ring matches. Dude, every year they have multiple events that take place in malls, water parks. Campgrounds is one of their most famous ones where they use bottle rockets on each other. Um, amusement parks, they've done wrestling in office buildings where they staple each other and stuff like that. You know, slam a dude's head into the copy machine and then copy his head and the paper comes right. out. Stuff like that. Um, they've done silent matches where you're not allowed to make loud noise and the uh, commentators have to whisper. Um, so I, I like that about it. It's like a satire of pro wrestling. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. And there, there's not much of a wink at you like, <laughs> get it? It's kind of just like so wild that you you just can't help uh, but laugh. Um, there's, there's like three main figures in DDT. Can I talk about them real quick? Yes. So the first is Don Shokudino. Um, Don Shokudino, he's over the top. Uh, for, for the listeners here that don't know anything about DDT, I'd say these are the people you really need to know um, as far as comedy goes. You have Don Shokudino. Um, his character is that he is extremely homosexual and extremely sexual. Um, he will... And, and there might be some homophobia in that nowadays, although he is a gay man himself, if that means anything to people. Doesn't make it, you know, not homophobic, but he is gay himself. Uh, part of his thing is that he'll try to kiss the opponent, like, throughout the match, and the opponent will kind of be like, ah, no, I don't want that. Um, he'll he takes hum- advantage of his uh, opponent's homophobia. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it even funnier when you have the opponent who actually kisses him back, and then he's surprised by it, you know? Um, However, it does make him seem like a stereotypical gay male predator. It it is a little bit typical. Well, it's very typical, but... Stereotypical, not typical. I I mean very stereotypical, but... uh, It's it's lasted and he's almost grandfathered himself into still maintaining that gimmick. It's one. It's like he's been doing it so long now that it still gets a pop from the crowd. Um, he he'll teabag. Well, that's one of the best parts. He pulls his uh, he pulls his trunks off and when his thong he teabags the opponent. Squats, repeated squats. I think he's a very funny guy. And he's been a staple of DDD's, DDT's comedy along with Antonio Honda. Um, now, Honda is kind of tough to enjoy as an American because a lot of his stuff is microphone work in mid-match. So he'll grab the mic in mid-match and just start talking, you know. And then all the wrestlers... I watched once, he grabbed the mic and started singing. The other wrestlers started singing. And they did the rest of the match as a musical. Um <laughs> Which I thought was incredible. Uh, he actually uh, wrestled Kenny Omega recently, about a year or two ago in DDT, mm. by the way. So him, uh, uh, it was Riho and Kenny Omega. So um, one of his best gimmicks that he has is he's had a bad knee for his whole career. That's the joke, right? So like during the, the spot where he's about to finally do the thing, he always falls down and hurts his knee and he does the... Uh, uh, you know like he'll just sit there for a minute and uh i think i think he's kind of funny the uh third uh unit that we'll talk about here is uh the golden lovers right i mean okay so kenny and abushi they're both serious they could really go and we know they can go to still um 
But you look at it this way. Kenny's audition video for DDT was him doing an outdoor kind of brawl with, with a friend of his. That was how he got into DDT because that's what DDT did is these goofy comedy outdoor fights. And, you know, he was well known before he became a, a really, really big figure for wrestling a little girl, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that almost could be considered... It was funny because of the disparity, incongruency. But, I mean, I, the match was actually kind of cool. Um, so, Omega kind of cemented his kind of comedy role earlier on. Ibushi as well, with these ridiculous outdoor brawls and Ibushi doing phoenix splashes off a tree, you know, into a pool and stuff like that. Um, so, Ibushi's most famous comedy uh, match, I think, is him versus Yoshihiko. Yoshihiko the blow up doll. You have, did you see that one? Yeah, I didn't see the match, but I know. I mean, I've seen clips of it. Yeah, and you know, Yoshihiko is the, kind of the. You know, you hear the joke. You've heard the joke like, "Oh, that guy could get a five star match with a broom," right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Yoshihiko is the example of that. But it ends up being so funny because you have dudes in full black on the outside that will throw Yoshihiko into the ring and stuff like that. But seeing this blow up doll, put dudes in arm bars and do Canadian destroyers on them <laughs> is pretty great. And also takes a lot of skill from the wrestler. Um, and then finally real quick is Sancho Takagi. He's the president of Noah right now, but he's a, a funny guy that's been in DDT for a while. And he has one of the, my favorite gimmicks in Japanese pro wrestling. His gimmick is that, he is Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's it. He's Japanese Stone Cold. That's his whole gimmick. So, um, shout outs to uh, DDT, and then we'll get on to. Uh, and guys, I mean DDT. It's it's. If we're talking about wrestling and comedy, it's kind of a must watch uh, because half their promo half their matches are comedy. Then the other half is serious. So. Let's go on to the last topic here, which is the current state of comedy in wrestling so mm. what do you think about the 24 7 title well um what was that d the ddt title that they were treating like that a few years ago well the ddt title is the extreme heavy metal weight championship and that's been for years and years been around i think like they were passing it around like crazy with people including the who shall not be named, uh, yes. losing yep. it in his sleep to Candice LeRae mm -hmm. back in the day. Was that th that's their big title? No, that's their twenty four seven title. Their big title right. is a serious title called the KOD. Right, but um, what I'm saying is um, King of Dreams. That's cool. Um, the that title that we're talking about, their twenty four seven title, was the twenty four seven title before the twenty four seven title, correct? Yeah. And what do I think of the twenty four seven title? I mean, I honestly think it's a, it's isn't it just kind of a revival of the hardcore title um, that worked as a comedy element in the in the Attitude Era? It's the G rated version of the hardcore title, right? Do I think it's I, funny? I think, I think, so, think yeah. some of the stuff um, we forgot to mention our truth. As being, uh, he's right. He's, he's literally next on the list. Right, our truth is hilarious and very any, funny. The, okay, I'm not a huge fan of the the 24 seven title in in terms of the concept and the look of it and everything, but 
on the contrary, anything that uh, puts our truth in on the screen uh, gives our <laughs> truth something to make me laugh about. The guy has had more screen time than most wrestlers in WWE because he is funny, right? Yes. Like the dude is on like every episode of Raw. Now, on the flip side to that, and and do you have a favorite R Truth moment you want to tell the fans, by the way, or something that really stands out to you? I I mean, off the top of my head, no. But um, I mean, the guy's just almost everything he does. He turns into gold. Um, you I, know, I, even the stupid stuff. The 24-7, you know, championship. I remember a couple times. I, I, The funniest thing for me is when he comes in to enters matches that he forgets he's not part of. That's, um, I love the, that. Was it the ladder match where he takes out a ladder thinking it was a ladder match yeah 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 he brought out a ladder because that was probably one of the ones that was great yeah very clever writing from wwe for a change because they were basically making fun of the fact that these matches are often like ladder matches you know it was a it was a parody and and it's also what's really kind of brilliant about that element of it is you could see someone maybe thinking that they were in a ladder match. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Like, it wasn't that far off from the truth. The R-Truth. Oh, my bad, you know. Yeah. Or when and he was challenging Carmella. Was, char- was he challenging Carmella to the title yeah. shot or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that R-Truth, one of the funniest guys in wrestling, and he's it's paid off. He gets so much screen time. By the way, I want to add that that Iron uh, Man Heavy Metalweight Championship has been won by itself. So the belt won the belt. I think they folded it over and it pinned itself or something. Can't so. get any sillier than that. Very, very silly. Um, uh, besides R-Truth and 24-7 title, I have this written, random other bullshit that's not funny. I mean, there's been so much bad cringe that's not worth going into. Uh, the Viking experience versus the the uh, street profits. Street profits gimmick was one of the worst things I've ever seen. What a waste of like four talented, you know, pretty goddamn talented wrestlers. Yeah, you can't just throw them out there to have a match. Yeah, um, and and the the, the yeah. Viking Raiders. I don't think they do comedy as well. They've also been written badly, but yeah. I like them in New Japan when they were serious badasses. Uh, War, Machine, War, yeah, War, War Machine, Machine at the time, which, you know, that's yeah. a bad name to use, obviously, because of the MMA fighter, you know, about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's, they want to stay away from that name. But uh, a lot of average comedy in NXT with Johnny Gargano, who's actually pretty funny. Um, in no, this, some of that stuff's been funny, um, actually. So I agree. And yeah, Candice LeRae, yeah. Johnny Gargano stuff has actually been pretty funny um, and been a, been a highlight. Uh, some of the sketches uh, nowadays, the sketches have gotten much worse. I saw an Io Shirai sketch with uh, her tag team partners. Uh, is it Starks? Zoe Stark? And I don't know. Actually. Oh, dude, it was so bad. And and just like. Zoe Starks doesn't understand the menu. It was this like, oh, Japanese people are weird comedy, you know. But you know, what was great was it was funny was Oscar on commentary. I don't remember that. It w- it was during the pandemic. They had an Oscar on 
commentary just yelling <laughs> in Japanese and stuff, and it was funny. Um, That's great, man. Oscar's it, it funny really too. Good. Yeah, Oscar's great. You ever watch her YouTube stuff? Natural. Um, oh yeah, I've seen her. I I unsubscribed, but I did watch a lot of them, and she is goofy as hell. She is a naturally funny person, much like Okada. She's just goofy, and I even in her matches, you know, you can look back and her match with uh, her Hikaru Shida, Kenny Omega, and Masato Tanaka. They did an ass match where the whole match they were just hitting each other with their hip attack the whole match. Very funny stuff. So she she is uh, good stuff. But generally, I think uh, WWE falls flat on comedy nowadays. Most of their stuff is pretty bad. Um, Nikki ASH, Do Drop, stuff like that. That's man. bad. I, I mean, I think they did some good stuff, actually, if I remember the sketches they did with um, the Fashion Police. Okay, those guys were pretty funny. Yep, those guys were pretty so, funny. There's some things where I think they actually let I know because listen they have they have the writers there that are very talented but it all comes down to Vince's sense of humor but which when <laughs> when, when the comedy writers get their stuff through it's probably good yeah and I, I know there's I could a, see that you know I know there's things that we're missing on that but um, WWE and comedy honestly. I'm just not watching enough WWE to really, you know, other than the pay-per-views and stuff. Well, maybe really that speaks. Maybe that speaks there. to it because there's really not anything going on, whether comedy otherwise, that people are telling you about. Oh, you got to watch this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So not a whole lot to say about that. New Japan, we've covered them. The one guy we did not bring up is the Funky Weapon. Oh, sure. So. And I'm not remembering his name for some reason. Ryusuke, Ryusuke Taguchi. Taguchi. Yeah, Taguchi. Yeah. Very funny guy. Um, another one who can kind of turn on the seriousness. But, yes, uh, he can. He, he's, but the element that Yano kind of lacks. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but he's got a... He's more of a comedy wrestler that I really can kind of gel with. Where he's goofy as hell, but... He's pretty athletic in his own way, not as much as a lot of the other juniors, but uh, he he definitely deserves a mention here for a funny guy in New yes. Japan. Um, Chaco Pro is very funny, I think. Um, it's not as popular as the other ones, but they have their YouTube show and they wrestle in an office building and they have a mat on the ground. I think it's uh, that's Emi Sakura's promotion. Um, also a, a very mm. funny wrestler. I, I think in AEW, too, you got guys like John Silver. Well, AEW is, is kind of the next topic here as far as the current state. Mm. So we already covered Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah, John Silver, right? Now, now yeah. we have Being the Elite, which is... I don't like it, man. I, I, I don't like the Being the Elite comedy for the most part. Um, I know they have their fans, and I watch them, but... I don't think the Young Bucks are particularly funny. I think that they, the stuff they do on TV as heels is kind of funny, but I it's, get the entertainment from their matches, not their not their goof. It's been better. <laughs> I mean, being the lead uh, has been better. Um, there are some funny parts of it. Um, I, I think people 
really what they like about it is they're just getting to see the life of a wrestler uh, a little bit, but there are the sketches in it. Um, you know, AEW, um, it seems like, you know, being the elite used to be a little more storyline driven. Now it's just completely random. Documentary. And almost. But they do have a lot of, and, it and is random. The yeah. little sketches in it have no tie-ins to what you see on AEW. Well, not always. The best friends yeah. thing is it has a lot to do with uh, AEW, where they were choking out Uta Wheeler every time he lost a match. And you know, sometimes I just I do see those the being the elite title or whatever they have on that. Um, usually, whatever kind of sketch they do around that belt is is uh well they do like real real games don't they like real so that's kind of cool it is funny but i mean that's like it's funny because they are they're all relaxed when they do it but that that is entertaining um they did the mini golf around that was my favorite place yeah that was pretty that was good and trent and you know chuck and all that stuff um that was pretty good stuff i enjoyed that um by the way i guess yeah the main, I think the main elephant of being elite is to make people laugh and, and, and you know, I, that I, is a comedy element. Um, I, I agree. And I, it got guys like John Silver over. I know we talked about numerous times. Oh, yeah. Now, that where, was where funny John, as fuck, dude. When that's where Dark Order kind of found its, um, you know, its niche. Yeah. was being turned into a comedy uh, act uh, with just all those guys, and even to a degree with Hangman Page showed a little bit of a comedy mm-hmm. side on it as well. So, um, John Huber was yeah. absolutely hilarious on those yes. shows. Yes, he was great. Um, R.I.P. Um, boy, I'm getting tired. This is uh, way past this old man's bedtime, but I, you know, I. You're, you, it's we're a good man. You know what? We have covered a lot. You sound yeah. tired. You look <laughs> okay. tired physically. I can tell. Week. And you know what, man? We have hit every single one of my notes. Awesome. So I think we did a good job covering it, man. And uh, I appreciate it. So for all you listeners out there, uh, hopefully you learned a little something about wrestling and comedy. Just, just wake up, Justin. Justin, oh, sorry, he he fell asleep, guys. He fell asleep oh, on yeah. air. Yeah. Um. Hope you learned a little bit. Hit us up and all that good stuff. And yeah. And anything else, Justin? Or are you ready to get going and get to bed? I think. Uh, I think that's it, man. I'm just. Uh, yeah. Midnight. I usually don't stay up this late. Yeah, and I did, but I enjoyed every second of it, so it's well, fun. We end up bullshitting half an hour past when we're supposed to start, so or uh, we were bullshitting for ten or fifteen minutes before we even start. That's what I mean. That's awesome. what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for listening to uh, everybody. If you guys have corrections, uh, we love to hear that stuff. That's something I don't mention enough. If you because we're. We don't. We aren't wrestling historians. We fuck up. I, I, me and Justin like to be corrected. We want to know. So if we fucked anything up, let us know. Otherwise, thanks for listening to wrestling and comedy, and we will see you guys later. Ugh.